0: And we just can't seem to get on schedule. Like, at all. We were supposed to record this episode. This is episode three of Anime Sweater. I'm Annalise. I'm here with Sofra Shea.
1: Hi, hello, that's me.
0: Yeah, we were supposed to record this episode, like, three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I had to go on a trip, and then I wasn't feeling it one Sunday.
0: (laughs) And frankly, neither was I. I'm really tired from working a lot. And we're
1: not 40s, we're always tired. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's really true. It's really hard not to be tired when you're in your 40s, you're working two jobs, and you're trying to run a podcast network with your best friends because having podcasts is fun. <laughs> it actually tell is. Me. <laughs> oh, you have a good time. <laughs> your bucket, I do. It's true. This is. This is a good time had by us. This is the Comfy Cozy podcast run by a veteran Otaku and a brand new anime fan talking about the kinds of shows that you should watch because they're good in all kinds of ways. If you listen to our first two episodes that were about O Maiden's near savage season and uh, also about Carolyn Tuesday, this, this is not show is be... nothing like that. <laughs> no, this is, this show is nothing like that. And this is the show I had to give to Sofra Shea after she watched those first two shows and thought all anime was social justice.
1: <laughs> I did.
0: To, now, to be fair, to be fair, this show is very much about social justice. Just, but also, it's not. <laughs> also not. Also not. Um. So what are we talking about tonight?
1: We're talking about Kakagiri, the gambling show
0: one of many gambling shows and this is this is gives us an opportunity to talk about something i really love about anime is there's tons and tons of different genres that you just don't get in western media you don't have a whole genre of gambling comics and manga or or gambling comics or gambling tv shows or gambling uh movies you have an occasional movie in a casino but there's not like a series of volumes of magazines cuz this is run in the magazine uh, G- uh Gangan Joker which runs a lot <laughs> of stuff for Square Enix which is we'll get to in a moment but Kakagiri is in a long long line of gambling shows and it's worth talking about because right now in November and October of 2021 Probably the biggest thing in pop culture right now is Squid Game. Have you watched yeah. Squid Game at all?
1: I watched the first episode and kind of decided that I wasn't in the mood to watch that. Uh, so I put, yeah. I, 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 you know, I've, of course, seen a lot of memes and stuff about it. So I kind of get the gist. Yeah,
0: Squid Game is a gambling show where the gambles are life and death over the amount of debt people have accrued. Yeah. And, and it's basically for the entertainment of the elite rich class. What's interesting about Squid Game is that a lot of people have rightly made comparisons between Squid Game and another gambling manga slash anime, Kaiji. In fact, I, I mentioned on our Twitter that Jeff Thu, who does the uh, YouTube channel uh, Mother's Basement, did a really good analysis about Kaiji and Squid Game that everyone should go and check out. um, Because it is definitely, and he does great stuff, just generally. He's one of my favorite anime YouTubers. Um, Everyone should check that out because more people should watch Kaiji. Certain scenes from Squid Game are lifted straight out of Kaiji, which at this point I think is like 20 years old, maybe Mm -hmm. 15 years old and when kakagiri came out in um let's see the anime started in 2017 a lot of people who were fans of kaiji and akagi thought that kakagiri was going to be like those two hardcore gambling shows where (laughs) like you know kaiji is about this this ultimate shitbag who's in debt who is trying to get his way out of debt because he he co-signed a loan for a friend, and that friend skipped town, so now it's on him. Uh, Akagi is a show about this just badass gambler. One Out's mm. in the same same variant is a combination of a baseball show and a gambling show. <laughs> and One Out's is another one of the shows I've watched about three times. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows. Everyone should go watch it. It's hard to find. But you can find all the episodes secretly on YouTube. And it's 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 really it has like the sexiest opening credit scenes if you like hot men. Hmm. Uh yeah, just just absolutely like lick the screen <laughs> sexy. Um but these are all very hard gambling shows where stakes are life or death, people could could be completely ruined. And part of that is true for Kakagiri. What's yeah. different about Kakigiri is how do we put this?
1: It's not. It's about. It's the mo. The main character isn't a you no know, dirt bag that makes horrible life decisions and goes into debt. They just get really turned on by gambling.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so, that's
1: the main motivation of of the main character.
0: <laughs> I don't want to say this show is sexy Squid Game because it's not doing either show justice. But for those of you who have no idea what Kakagirium is about, it's sexy sweet game. Uh, just just <laughs> accept that. So we find ourselves, and, and let's let's give some very basic information about the show. It is based off of the manga written by uh, uh, Humura uh, Kawamoto and illustrated by Toro uh, Namura, and as I said, published in Ganga Joker, uh, which is owned by Square Enix, which does a lot of video game manga because it's owned by Square Enix. But also, probably the biggest property Gungan Joker's ever done is Soul Eater, which is one of the most hardcore manga and anime fans are really big in Soul Eater. Soul Eater's okay. Um, it's 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 shounen trash, and that's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. But Kakagiri has been going since 2014 and still going. <laughs> the show only covers the first couple of arcs so the show is is not even covering the whole thing the show is directed uh by yuichiro hayashi he also directed the uh final season of attack and titan uh and attack and titan is something that we may or may not talk about everyone talks about it um but it has been one of the best shows one of the most well-received shows uh after its first and second season, third season kinda of meh, but the last couple seasons of Attack and Titan were really, really good. And the studio it's produced by Studio Mappa, which has some pretty amazing credits. Uh 2012's Kids in the Slope, which is a show that we're definitely putting on yeah. the list because I was gonna um, say
1: that's one you've recommended to me.
0: Yeah, it's a show that takes place in nineteen sixties Japan. It centers around jazz music and and social justice and race believe it or not uh I it's one of the it. few it's one of the few shows that i think i've ever seen come out of anime that actually deals openly with questions of race um and still not as comfortably as it should it also they also produced the boys love classic yuri on ice which is about guys figure skating and for some reason not girls because the main character is named yuri whatever um And also the most most recent excellent Zombieland saga and the incredibly weird uh, 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 Sorrows on Mai, which involves three boys turning into Kappas and diving into people's buttholes and driving their demons out. Oh, dear. And has the two gayest cops. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And Anne is an expert.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, we will we will definitely be reviewing this this show later, as oh, well dear. as Zombieland Saga. Zombieland Saga is amazingly <laughs> good. Uh, the people who are like I don't want to watch an idol show, okay? What about what about Zombie Girls being idols trying to save a town? <laughs> come on, come on, work with us. Um, and this is also next Netflix joint, um, which means it's readily available. Both seasons are. Hopefully, there will be a season three, but we don't know. Um because this is set everything else aside about this show. this is a gorgeous show character designs animation, the setting of the school even even the worst parts of this of this show look beautiful so you, you with me on this
1: oh yeah I I mean- the three shows that we've talked about are the only shows really that I have to compare it to, so I, I have a hard time speaking as to the like how a show looks.
0: Well, did you enjoy the aesthetic? Is is, is for this?
1: I mean, it wasn't the first thing about about the show I would comment on, but it sure it looked fine for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like I said, I don't know half a lot to compare it to. I don't know what what it's all, these shows normally look like. I mean, it's so, it's not the same kind of vibe as a Carolyn Tuesday or no. O Maidens,
0: but and both and, all, and the thing about all three of these shows, they all have three very different aesthetics. Yeah. You have the washed out, you have the washed out watercolors of O Maidens. You have the very kind of high tech uh, cityscape of Carolyn Tuesday, and you have this very ritzy high end school show that's set in a place called uh, Hayakoko Private Academy, which is an elite school housing the children of Japan's most wealthy and influential people, future leaders, yada, yada, yada. Um, And what sets this school apart is that no one really cares about academics. You don't actually see a single class happen.
1: You know, I never really thought about that (laughs) while watching it, but you're right.
0: (laughs) This... If if um, food wars is just all cooking is all that matters is that school, in Kakagiri gambling is the only thing that matters. The entire school seems to be run, much the same way in Food Wars is the school is run by the Elite Ten in Kakagiri, the entire school is run by the Student Council and the President of the Student Council, um, who we'll get to in a moment. Um, Kirara Momabari apparently staged a coup, overthrew the entire previous student council, and made the school entirely about gambling. And since she can't be beaten, she has maintained her stranglehold on this because uh, she is part of a clan of people whose surnames all include the suffix Bami, and this is what comes into play in the second season, and the whole show is just one crazy gamble after another. And into this steps Yumiko Jabami, who, because of this, because her surname contains the suffix "bami," we find out she's probably related to this family, and this family probably did something horrible to her. Yeah,
1: so her, she, her sect of the family is not. That powerful when we come into the show,
0: but she has a lot of money that she is hiding, and she's pretending not to have it, not to know what's going on. The very first episode deals with her running uh, running afoul of Mary tome and Mary is a girl who has kind of established her dominance over her classroom, and frankly, that's enough for her. She doesn't need anything else to be the top dog in her one class is good enough. And she's gotten the uh, debt slavery of Ryota Suz- Suzui, who is kind of your Greek chorus, who's kind of your, your, this is the person who doesn't really do or mean much, but he's kind of the audience stand-in through which you experience the story. Um, and he, he manages to befriend uh, Yumiko after Yumiko defeats Mary in a game of limited rock, paper, scissors, which is a callback to Kaiji. It's the first gambling that takes place in Kaiji. Um I thought they,
1: I thought they played memory. Or oh, ra- was that later in the game? That's episode? the next that's the
0: next game. Oh, that's the next gamble. Okay. That's the double card 52 pickup with the girl who whose father collects owns. The biggest, yeah, and she <laughs> collects fingernails. Yeah, just that's there's so much cool stuff going on here. We're not gonna run through the whole <laughs> the whole thing. But if this is starting to intrigue you, here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> Yumiko Yumiko doesn't care if she wins or loses. When she finds out that if she becomes a house pet, debt slavery here, she has one shot to force any member of the student council to gamble against her, which she plans on using to take down the president. So even though she can pay her way out of her debt slavery, she views being made a house pet as this opportunity to really kind of uh, attack the president. And it, it's it's all framed in Yumiko's love of gambling, which she does genuine genuinely love. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> so the whole series, the first series, is about Yumiko winning a couple of quick gambles, losing a gamble to the traditional culture club, which gets her in massive debt and mary saotome also gets in massive debt Uh, mary gets out of her debt relatively quickly yumiko does not yumiko keeps her house pet because she's going to use it to try and take down each member of the student council and various gambles and lots of crazy characters and shenanigans happen so many
1: characters (laughs)
0: it's a dickens novel it really is and it's one of the great things about because you never really feel lost all the characters are distinct enough they get enough time to develop themselves fully and other than ryota none of them are really two-dimensional ryota is very two-dimensional he's very simple character he doesn't really want to be here it's not where it's not what he would like to be but he's kind of stuck in the role because he feels indebted to yimiko for for paying And he keeps trying to warn her and caution her. He's really the voice of the audience trying to say, you really don't want to do this, this is bad news. And Yumiko just keeps on rolling the dice. So the show really ends up being this commentary on the rich and powerful being able to really make their own rules. But what's interesting about it is how they stick to those rules
1: yeah like for instance, cheating doesn't matter,
0: yeah like <laughs> like if, like if someone get...
1: gets found out for cheating, they don't get punished. it's just it's just fine they they outplay the other person,
0: <laughs> yep, well, if you get caught cheating during the gamble, it's gonna nullify the gamble but if you if you get away with cheating, it's perfectly okay, yeah, um, the exception comes in the second season where the uh rules committee, the games committee, really kind of takes over the whole school gamble and they enforce. They they get downright like, you must abide by the rules of the gamble. Otherwise, because they're, they're the only ones in the second season, the whole school's participating in this gamble to see who will be the new student council, uh, which is where the other members of the Bami clan come in because they all want to unseat uh, Kiari. And yeah, it just kind of gets nuts. And in a very good way, and the gambles can be over anything. So, yeah, you can play. And you, you start the show starts off. You get this kind of overview of people playing poker, people playing roulette, so on and so forth. But then the gambles just get crazy. You start gambling over all sorts of. There's, there's an yeah. idle competition gamble. Okay, in fact, there's more than one idle competition gamble.
1: And and it really, this is where the show, like I figured out that this isn't just you know kind of a normal high school show (laughs) like the episode where they have their fingers in a in a guillotine and they are gambling to cut strings to see if if they'll get their fingers chopped off that's that's where i kind of saw where the show was going (laughs) like the Craziness of it this. It took show. you
0: all of all of episode, I, all season one and no. the first episode of season two. Okay, <laughs>
1: that's not really true. That's just one that sticks out in my mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- that gets us to talk uh, to talking about probably the most interesting character and the most vexing character, Adari, uh Ikishima who is the uh, second year student and head of the beautification committee. Who?
1: She, she's definitely the one I was going to bring up as standing out to me.
0: Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about why she stands out. She lost a bet against the student council president, <sighs> and the student council president said, I've never seen the back of an eyeball. I want your eyeball as my as my as my as my prize. Uh, we'll arrange a doctor to surg no, she just stabs it right out while the president is talking about sitting in a doctor's appointment to take her, her, her eye out surgically.
1: Her gambling method of choice is Russian roulette. Yeah. And she likes it. And she tries to lose. On she purpose. doesn't care if she loses it's so
0: long, <laughs> yeah. um and she pisses yumiko off yumiko just hates her because she because she takes the fun out of a gamble because she's more she's more involved in her own masochism and her own sadism too yeah uh just and she's just crazy as hell um
1: to really describe exactly how crazy she is.
0: <laughs> She's walking around with a loaded gun <laughs> on a school. That's how crazy she is. Um, and and has no problem putting five bullets in the chamber and leaving one empty and then trying to pull the trigger.
1: She comes across a girl being attacked by a bunch of boys and Yumiko, actually, yeah. Yumiko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like, hey, rape me instead. Yep. Uh uh uh, this is why she stands out to me as a character
0: (sighs) no regard for her life no regard for her body just the thrill of winning each time and it's a different thrill than the thrill that yumiko gets because yumiko's thrill is just purely on gambling she gets a she gets a sexual high off of gambling
1: Mm. she She doesn't care if
0: she wins or loses the gamble is the most fun part for her. The risk is the fun. For for um uh, Itsuki the fun for her is that she might lose. And yeah. she's get she getting she's getting riskier and riskier and riskier and heading towards self destruction all the time. Um, and then there's there's stuff that happens in the manga, but we'll talk about that another time, uh, or not. There's a couple of other characters. The character you thought I was most like, uh, Runa Yomuzuki, who is the uh, student council member and leader of the election committee, the short girl in a hoodie with rabbit ears who's always playing uh, video games and and eating candy. Yeah. How well you know me.
1: Uh... (laughs) And she kind of, in the second season, she's kind of part of that election committee like making the rules
0: Mm -hmm. and absolute neutrality she's 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 a fantastic character and her whole election committee all of the election committee characters we see in the second season each have even though they only appear once each have a personality each have a way of speaking each have a way of being so again it really is a dickens novel these characters are (laughs) fleshed out even if they only appear in one episode they have a lot going on to them um and so this show, you know, from an overview of the show is is this really high soap opera with a lot of commentary on the wealthy just don't care. And Yumiko Jabami appears to be here from all that we can surmise, under the guise of her love of gambling, she's here to get some revenge. And it's never made clear in the two seasons that we get what that revenge is now i've started reading the manga and i'm not that far along in it but i will tell you for as for as sex focused as the show is the manga is almost one panty shot per page and i'm a little (laughs) annoyed by it oh no (laughs) because i didn't remember the panty shots being that big in the show they were a little bit more diverse with the sex appeal yeah, but yeah, I, I'm a little annoyed by by the constant, <laughs> unending, panty shots in 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 the manga. And myself. it takes a
1: lot for Anne to be sick of looking at panty shots, so you know it, they're it over the top. Take, it doesn't take
0: much. <laughs> it's not my favorite device. There okay. are better. It's it's the least obvious way to be sexy. There. Okay, upskirts. Or, uh, I got spoiled when I was uh, on, on this particular sexy trope when I was a kid watching Splash and John Candy as an adult dropping coins in the floor to look up women's skirts. Oh, okay. Geez. That movie just made me look, think, think that any kind of upskirt shot is pretty kind of creepy. Yeah. And that sure. was when I was like five. And so I'm just like, I'm not down with these endless panty shot per page. So that's why <laughs> I'm struggling to get through the manga. The manga is still really good. Still, really well written. Art is beautiful, except for you know, basically a panty shot every page. Just kind of like, yeah. And I think not, shows, not your
1: kind of trash.
0: <laughs> well, the reason is that it it is definitely geared towards an audience of of older males who are wanting to read something that isn't quite porn. I don't know why. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there's um, plenty of porn out there if you want.
0: <laughs> there is, and the porn elements of this are the least interesting things to me it's the part the, about the show i like i like so l- let's talk about cuz cuz there are definitely sexy moments in the show there are definitely moments that are really really hot and really attractive we have the um the assistant to uh, kirara I was
1: I was going to bring up P-R-E. this relationship as one that really stood out to me. In fact, when I was watching it, I had to message you about it. Yep. Because it really stood out to me. The secretary, uh, Sayaka Igarashi, mm-hmm. is totally in love with the student council president. Oh, yeah. And this, this episode, the tower episode, where she's basically fighting to prove her love, and if she loses... I forget the wording exactly, but she
0: has she, to become a stranger to the President,
1: yeah. And she basically throws herself off the tower at the end. And how that resolves itself is beautiful like, is beautiful. and it's it stood out because that kind of emotional storyline doesn't really run throughout the rest of the series in my opinion.
0: no, because, it doesn't
1: and so, and that's that's the kind of story that I enjoy. So that episode yep. stood out to me.
0: And it is, it is absolutely, it's absolutely wonderful. It's called, the episode is, it's season two, episode nine. It's called The the Woman uh, By Her Side. Um, and it continues into The Logical Woman. So it's set up in the, because a lot of these gambles in the second season are all two-parters. So it's set up in The Woman By Her Side, and The Logical Woman, and the end with Sayaka um, and Ke- Kirari. Is that um, Kirari doesn't want to lose Sayaka either, so she says uh, she asks her to be her secretary again, explaining that she needs Sayaka and that as strangers they can begin a new relationship.
1: <laughs> and Kirari throws herself off the tower with with Sayaka, and you think this Sayaka's is going to die, but there's like. She jumped off in this one perfect spot, like Karari mm-hmm. designed the tower so that. When she jumped off, she wouldn't die, and they fall into a bed of flowers, and it's, yeah, it's a whole thing.
0: <laughs> it's it's right it's right out of seventies manga. It's so <laughs> cool, um, but the person for me who just kind of like inhibits or exhibits excuse me blah blah, blah words today, um, is Ray. Ray shows up in the second season with the other members of the Bami clan. She appears to have lost all of her status. Um, And she only appears in the anime. She's not in the manga. So she's Uh. an anime original character. She's um, she arranges the matches for the for the Bami clan and stays out of the gambling herself. She's a servant from a fallen family within the clan who's trying to take control uh, during the 100 votes auction game. And she really has this moment where she sees a house pet. And a house pet is someone who's gotten so in debt that they can't pay it back. They become a pet of, of the rest of the school. She sees these two girls abusing a house pet and when they when she, and, and questions them to stop it. And when they both try to attack her, she just reaches over and grabs them by the chin. Each one her arms crossed as she holds them both. And they just kind of stand there and she's just being so dominant and so gentle at the same time that both girls kind of melt in her hands (laughs) and she walks away. And later you see those girls and the girl she saved and the rest of the school swooning over Ray.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I'm just like, I'm right there with you.
1: I'm right there with you.
0: That's how she gets all the chips to, to organize the 100 votes auction game, which is where season two ends. And she loses that auction, but Ray ends up being, um, she ends up being kind of freed by this. And you see her in one of the last scenes, instead of walking in the boy's uniform that she's been wearing all along, is now walking in a girl's uniform.
1: Yeah.
0: So there's a lot of really subtle things going on here in this very over-the-top show. So, Soph, what was your overall take on this show?
1: Oh, well, it 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 didn't draw me in narratively, like you know, O Maidens or Carolyn Tuesday. It it started out a little over the top for me. I'm not gonna lie. Just how. Ex- orgasmic Yumiko got over gambling. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but once I kind of figured out some of the characters and the some some of the characters that we've talked about tonight, like those are the, the things that stand out to me. So
0: Yeah. I'm already a fan of gambling shows. Yeah. And I'm a fan of this show because for the most part, the cast is about 80% female. Yeah. And all of them are strong. There are no weak women here. They're all they're all portrayed as strong. They're all portrayed as self-sufficient. They're all portrayed as capable. Even the one little girl in the uh, game of Indian poker finds her strength in that game. After she's been abused for so long, she finds the strength to break free. She's still a house pet at the end of it, but she's no longer going to allow herself to be crated, basically, by these boys who are just terrifying, terrifyingly abusive to her. Um, and then, to top it off, one of my usual critiques of shows aimed at a male audience, and this definitely is, is that the boys, and especially the main boy is the the male version of the mary sue the gary stew and to a certain extent to a certain extent that is true of ryota he is very much the audience stand in character but at the same time he does have a personality he does have agency he is not just there for the boys fapping to this to identify with
1: Yeah. He doesn't just like his main goal isn't just to get the girl at the end. Like that that's not not, the story they're telling.
0: It's not even one of his goals. Yeah. He he's trying to protect uh he's trying to be Yumiko's conscience and trying to protect her against her worst impulses, not realizing that what he sees as her worst impulses are actually her best impulses. Yeah. Like when Yumiko is dying in a gamble (laughs) because she's been poisoned.
1: Oh gosh that episode.
0: (laughs) She tells Ryota, get married, you'll have a fun time gambling. <laughs> Not get married and she'll save you from this. Get married, you'll have a fun time gambling.
1: Oh, Yumiko. <laughs>
0: and she's right. And they end up winning. So uh but the the male kit the male the male members of the student council are very interesting. I think there's only two of them. The the male members of the Bombie family are kind of also interesting devious and fun and the women do run a range you have several women who who fit into many different body types you have one of the one of the main antagonists is disabled you have a lot of very queer relationships you have these two twins who are separated by their families and have developed a very twin bond and language with that bond Uh, you just have a lot of really cool portrayals of characters that kind of buck a lot of what we're expecting in this. And that's kind of why I I liken this very much to a Dickens novel. You have thieves and scoundrels, and none of them are boring.
1: Yeah.
0: And we haven't talked about all the characters because we could do oh. three or four hours talking yeah. about this massive <laughs> list of characters. We've talked about the ones that are most interesting to us. Um, I do want to throw one last mention to the vice president of the student council, uh, Ririka Momobami, who is Kirara's Kirari's uh, twin sister. And apparently is the younger twin by a couple of minutes. Um, and she starts to back Mary Sao in the election arc trying to get Mary to take over as head of the student council and it's not really ever explained why that's happening but there's a lot going on here that isn't fully explained. And I, I kind of think that this series is a bit of an advertisement for the manga, which is being released by Yen Press. It's pretty cheap. It's about seven bucks a volume. And if you can stomach the panty shot per page model <laughs> that they're going for here, I think it's worth it. Cause I think the story is really strong.
1: Yeah. Um, I've, I found myself like at the end of the second season, like kind of surprised at the abruptness of the end. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's the end and i went back and like made sure i didn't miss something it feels kind of unfinished obviously because there's more story in the manga so i wish they would make another season of this honestly
0: and that's the best thing about this show is that it does make you want to watch it it does it does create an interesting environment to explore some really dark things yeah, and i think that 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 is where it compares favorably to the gambling classics like kaiji like akagi like one ounce where there's a lot of underhanded seedy things going on the kind of corruption we always assume is going on in society but unlike those places where the danger is palpable and, and it's very much a thriller here, the danger doesn't seem as high, and so you're able to really kind of enjoy the atmosphere and the characters. In Kaiji, you never get to enjoy the characters. Because even Kaiji himself is an asshole. Total shitbag. Um 1-Ops is a little different. And Squid Game, from all the things I've heard, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet either. Um really does kind of seem like a lot of the people in there are kind of out for themselves and making and breaking alliances. And here, the characters all really seem to kind of remain interesting all the way through. And you don't really want anyone to lose. Like, every member of the bomby clan who's coming in to challenge has good reason for their grievances. You don't hate them. I mean, even those poisoning twins, you can't really hate them because they've been separated and mistreated by this family.
1: Mostly you hate the system that's forcing them to be like this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so in that, this is a really interesting show, and which is why it is still about social justice, but not in the way that you think it is. Is this a feminist show because we have strong, powerful, sexy women who dominate the cast who are passing the best shelf test with flying colors. Yeah. They almost never talk about a man.
1: Is there ever a scene with two men even in the same scene?
0: <laughs> yeah, when I, they do the, when they do the I guess uh, I the, guess the, 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 the when the new game.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right.
0: So, but before that now. No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> uh there, there's all there's all the sweaty men who are watching the idol singer and like telling everyone you have to watch this many, you watch have to watch her videos this many times. Um oh, yeah. Uh and they're they're just the disgusting, horrible idol fans you think they would be. Um and and like even when she calls them pigs, they're like, Yes we are, and we still love you for it. You're right, we're not worthy of you. <laughs>
1: It's yeah, like, I I would say it is a feminist show, not in the same way. I'm yeah. sorry if I interrupted your thought there. No, you're fine. I was um, talking
0: about men being pigs, so go for it. <laughs>
1: um, it's, the, the characters don't fit it, ed, into any particular one mold of how to be a woman. Um, like, even a show like Oh Maidens, there's a certain amount of... Well, this is what an ideal woman is expected to be like but in this show there's all different kinds
0: mm-hmm. and and part of that is by design to attract people to different kinds of things i would like it if the fan service was a little bit more equal opportunity uh, uh a la food wars which we'll talk about sometime because lots of naked men in that Ooh. <laughs> There's a guy in Food Wars who walks around wearing just an apron most of the time.
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm.
0: And um he should. <laughs> he very much should. Uh so uh yeah, this, this show is definitely worth watching. It's definitely a good, trashy uh uh watch. Is it and and, and Jeff Thew did kind of walk this back in his video on Squid Game and and Kaiji, because he kind of came down initially harsh on Kakagiri and realized that he kind of wasn't letting the show be what it was. He was trying too hard to compare it to Kaiji and Akagi. Um, And I think that that the comparison is fair, and I think it's also fair to say this isn't the most compelling gambling show. Kaiji and Akagi are definitely better gambling shows. Absolutely. One ounce, I think, is better than all of them. And there are lots more gambling shows and comics out there that you can go find. Because, it's again, this is the kind of genre you don't really get over here. But it's beautiful. It's fun. It's a lot of of fun just to kind of sit back and, and absorb. It's a popcorn flick. But it's a popcorn flick with a Dickens cast. And I keep saying that, but it's true. Final thoughts, Siv. Um,
1: if you if you want a trashy show with some interesting characters, watch Kakagiri.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It it is it is a show that that gives you all that, and I really think that Netflix is is if anyone in the mainstream because Country Roll. High Dive and Funimation are outside of the mainstream knowledge of what's out there. So if a show isn't on Netflix, if it isn't on Hulu, if it isn't on Amazon, it's unlikely that a lot of people are necessarily going to be watching it. Um, Anime fans really need to kind of deal with that reality because there's a lot of anime fans who sneer down their noses at Netflix. And I don't think you should. I think you should really kind of uh revel in what's there and kind of enjoy it for what it is so i think the show is is fun i think the show i watched it twice i watched it twice all the way through and i've, I've, I've enjoyed it both times i've found new things to like about it both times and it's an easy watch it's not a show that demands too much of your attention so again popcorn so Kakagiri, very comfy you know, if if like risking your fingers for winning a single chip is comfortable.
1: I I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of uncomfortable watching that, that episode.
0: Yeah. It was hard. It was very <laughs> difficult to watch that. So that is gonna do it for this episode of Anime Sweater. Next time, hopefully in two weeks, maybe not until December, because holidays are coming up, we're gonna be talking about another Female-centered show. We're going to be talking about a much better show, the steampunk anime known as Princess Principal. Yes, I've only
1: i've I've only watched the first episode so far.
0: Okay, so Uh. we got it. We got to (laughs) kind of push Soph to watch Princess Principal, and then we'll take it easy on her. We'll do some movies. We'll do some OVAs. I'm pretty sure that that there's somewhere in the terms and services of having of of having an anime uh review show we must at some point do a review of riding bean and get it out of the way since that only takes 45 minutes to watch and i'll probably stream it uh for us on discord so that we can watch it together oh Um, i like that idea yeah so we'll we'll probably do that and we might invite some of our other friends to it and see if we can get someone who wants to show up for that yeah Um, we
1: we should get uh somebody else to talk about one of their favorite shows in here pretty soon
0: Oh, yeah, that's definitely going to happen, uh, which is which gets us to the end of the show. If you like the show, please give us a follow on Twitter at AnimeSweaterPod. And you can also email us. it give me just a moment to actually get the email up, because I don't have my notes as well as I'd like to have them. So I'm stalling for time at AnimeSweaterPodcast at gmail.com. Gee, that was easy. I could have just said it. Uh, you can follow Sofreshaya at Lisa3325 on Twitter. So if you're doing much on Twitter
1: um looking at my seven korean boyfriends dancing really sexy mostly
0: yeah so is a very big bts fan yes i haven't gotten into bts simply because i don't have the energy for another fandom (laughs) i just don't
1: it's an all-consuming fandom it's it's true
0: it it really (laughs) seems like it you can follow me over at an underscore elise where i am being a snot Uh, frequently, and sometimes calling out massive homophobes, and 300 or so of their fans come over and and tell me that I'm not a real woman. (laughs) Y'all can go fuck yourselves, because I knew you were coming. I said it in the previous tweet before I did it, you motherfuckers. Come for me. Um, And we're going to keep doing this show, because it's fun to hang out with Soph, one of my best friends, to just kind of talk about this and do cool stuff. Uh, we're also doing other podcasts. This is our third podcast episode this week. Last night, we recorded episode 73 of q for fun along with our co-host, Wicked Kitten. And on Friday, we recorded episode 10 of Anne and Emily Russell podcast. Was, with was, Emma-
1: was there some... I'm sorry to interrupt. Were you about God. to say your name? I was going to ask if there was any new Orange Cassidy drama that you guys talked about.
0: No, no. We already did our Orange Cassidy show, oh. but we will be talking about if he has an upcoming match over on uh, full gear but you can go listen to Ann and emily Wrestler a podcast where emily and i basically made an argument that two jobbers should be given runs with top titles in their respective companies because they're actually really good um uh, i think emily's is more niche than mine is i think mine's much more mainstream but we also talked about the mass releases by wwe and how awful that was so we're covering yeah. a lot of different fandoms, and we do have a fourth podcast that will be starting up soon. Tm, we still don't have a name for it. So if you have an idea for a name about Ooh, uh, like TV watch and, party
1: or something, Ooh.
0: that's probably taken.
1: That's probably taken.
0: Yeah, we got to come up with some, we got to come up with something else. And we're 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 doing a whole lot of fun shows because it's fun to hang out with my friends and talk about shit that I love. It is. It really is. As anxious
1: as I get about it, it's actually fun.
0: And then you get (laughs) in and you have tons of stuff to say. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for for Anime Sweater. That's going to do it for our episode on Kakagiri. And let me just pull up the show real quick. Uh, See if we can find kakagiri's tagline and we'll leave it on that we'll we'll completely rip off the greatest movie ever podcast by the way paul chapman if you're listening you want to show up um we'd love to have you on the show uh or your mom paul chapman's mom is amazing okay kakagiri tagline
1: (laughs) stalling for time stalling for time
0: stalling for time time for time. Uh, we don't have a tagline for Kakagiri, but we Aww. do have 10 best quotes from Kakagiri on, on uh, CBR.com, so let me just go to the absolute best one. <laughs> Hold on a second. Gotta scroll, gotta scroll. My life is mine. They can't have it.
1: Ah, <laughs> so dramatic.
0: Very me. Self, do you have a tagline?
1: Mm, no. I don't <laughs>
0: Just seven Korean boyfriends. (laughs) As always. All right. Get comfy, watch anime, and watch things you, you like and enjoy. We'll see you next time.